Good morning, Cincinnati, and welcome to the first episode of Bearcat Brunch, brought to you by Royal Links Golf Tours. Have you always wanted to play golf at St. Andrews? Have you ever enjoyed a perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland? Do you dream of playing golf at Bally Bunyan? Royal Links Golf Tours is a golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences to Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. Their custom itineraries are more than golf trips. They are immersive, cultural, and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Links Golf Tours is owned by former Bearcat quarterback Hayden Moore and his partner, UC alum Jeff Bartholomew. If you'd like to play St. Andrews or Bally Bunyan or enjoy that perfect pint of Guinness, visit their website at royallinksgolftours.com or call them at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are live and ready to go to discuss the uh, opening week loss of UC at Arkansas 31-24. Welcome in my co-host for Bearcat Brunch, Jeff. How, how are you doing this morning, Jeff? And what did we have for brunch today? I haven't eaten anything today. I have <laughs> I have drank nothing but water out of a Gatorade squirt bottle to try to, to fix this hangover that I've I think, got going I think on. several several people might be in the same boat as you. Uh, you know, for, for what for various reasons, but uh, I'm I'm excited to be here. I hope everybody uh, first off has a safe, you know, for everybody that took the trip to Arkansas, have a safe trip, safe drive back. Hopefully this is a good good listen for uh, for your drive home to Cincinnati or wherever you're going. And you know, just a little bit of house cleaning before we get into things. This is going to be a Sunday morning, nine thirty to eleven, maybe earlier than that as far as stoppage time, depending on the week. But uh, going to try to keep it right in that hour and a half window so that everybody has a a good understanding of, of what to expect. And we're going to, you know, obviously review the, the previous game. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, some things that caught our attention around the sport of college football. And then especially once we get into the NFL season, we'll be looking at the uh, UC players and the pros, but uh, you know, let's obviously we're going to jump right in a lot to take from this first game, especially kind of, you know, I get insomnia sometimes and was up at five o'clock this morning. So, you know, did some digging, trying to put some thoughts to paper on, on a lot that happened. I mean, I think there was, there's a lot of different ways we can, can start. Uh, I'll just start with you, Jeff. What was kind of your, your biggest picture takeaway from what happened down in Fayetteville? So if I give you this little tidbit, 35 plays, five in the opposing team's territory, 39 plays, 21 in the opposing team's territory in the first half, who's winning that football game? For sure. I mean, there, and I think that's the, that's my big takeaway is that there were, plenty of opportunities um, there were a ton of opportunities whether and just was, to clear that up for everybody that doesn't understand what i was getting at 
Arkansas had five plays in Cincinnati territory in the first half and scored two touchdowns. Yeah. UC had 21 plays in Arkansas territory with zero points. They came away with right. zero points. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, uh, you know, we can start, you know, the wild, disappointing outcome, not, I'm not discouraged. I'm even somewhat encouraged after I dug in even deeper to some of the, you know, more analytic-based, more, you know, EPA, have a great stuff rate, all that stuff that, you know, you kind of like to dig deeper than just your typical box score. But, I mean, they just, whether it was poor execution, poor, I mean, I'll even say like some cases, I think there were some missteps coaching-wise. There was just a ton of stuff that felt very first game and I put I said this on Twitter. First game new crew vibes. Like Oh, very much first, so. First game out of the gate against a legit team and and we'll get into that. I want to get into that of like hindsight's always 2020, but like what do you want? Do you want a cakewalk or do you want something like this where yes, you might lose, but your questions definitely get answered at a higher rate than if you just beat the crap out of you know Sam Houston State or something. Or you go to UTSA. You don't really find much out doing that. So, yes, they lost, but, you know, are they not not better for it? But, like, we talked about a lot of questions, a lot of who's going to step up, who's not, what's going to work, what's not. I think a lot of that, we got answers, some good, some bad. But but just so many, like, first game, new – bunch of new guys in new positions type of mistakes. I mean, like you can just go from the top and start, you know, rolling them down. I mean, when we get into the actual, like talking about the game itself, but that, I think that's the disappointing part is I want to give credit to Arkansas. I do not like when it's when fans or whoever talk about, well, if we'd have just done this, this, and this, we'd have, we'd have won easily as if the other team doesn't have good players and isn't, isn't out there is another top 25 ranked team. Like we talked about KJ Jefferson being a problem. KJ Jefferson was a problem. Yeah, absolutely. The jump pass, which is always going to work with a guy like him who you have to protect against the run. And I thought, I thought they actually defended it pretty well. They did. It was, tight, it was tight just ending, a, six, five and having a, a running, running quarterback at the three yard line makes all that work. I mean, Ivan pace, Trey, Trey Knox ran right by Ivan Pace. I mean, didn't didn't <laughs> clip didn't clip him at all. And you know, you just throw it up to your six five tight end. Um, but you know, he's the storyline to me. We did not get near. We sacked him on two straight plays. But other than that, there were zero QB hits. There wasn't a ton of pressure. He was super comfortable in the passing game. You know, almost seven yards uh, per t- you know per per pass. You know, especially in the first half, outside run, and I think you know his outside run, and then especially um, Rocket Sanders. Rocket. Yep, we did great in the middle. I mean, havoc rate, great stuff rate, great. I'll get into that stuff. Outside <laughs> run, whether it was losing contain on some, especially like that thirty-seven yard run at the very end of the half. They go seventy yards in seventy seconds, yeah. and we lose contain. Poor angle, 37-yard run, gets him down in position. Um, you know, 
obviously right after a missed field goal. But, you know, it's just – we talked about KJ being a difference maker, and he was. I mean, he didn't seem – he didn't throw – didn't really put a ball in a place that you're like, man, we could have had that one. You know, had command of the offense, ran good, ran good RPO stuff. I mean, even threw the ball to like – I know, remember one third down play – got a, a big receiver on a, on a hard slant and he throws it high and like making sure his guy's the only guy that can get it and he you know get it com- complete it convert the third down um just couldn't get him on the ground couldn't contain the outside run and i think that's kind of kind of the main my main takeaway from from just we knew what to expect they they did pretty much what we expected so, you know, it kind of falls back to just the guy's just a really good quarterback and we didn't make enough plays. And then offensively, I mean, there's, there's no there way. There wasn't you know. a lot of gel there. Like our, our offense just hasn't gelled together yet. And when right. you have, when you, have um, you know, it's the first, the first game kind of jitters, the first game of, like you said, the new crew vibe. Uh, you lose all these guys to the NFL. So, like, you had good dudes. They're gone, and they're they're replaced with other guys who are probably going to be very good dudes. You, it's just the first game against a very quality opponent in a hostile environment with eighty thousand fans. I saw the penalties that that came out of that. Uh, you guys, you get the ball on the three yard line, and you back up and end up with what? No points out of that. No, they made. Or they get a field goal on that one. They made the field goal on, but yeah, field goal on that one. Everything. Not as much in the second half, but just everything offensively felt a beat off, a beat rushed at times, a beat slow at times. Obviously, Ben Bryant missed on more than a few shot plays um, to Tyler Scott, especially. I mean, Scott had 13 targets, five catches. He could have had a huge, huge game. Um, I mean, I'm sure the one that he that they would love to have back the most was kind of the seam slash post route that should have been a touchdown ball was high and outside Scott was kind of going more towards the post. Um, The other, the long balls, I, you know, I appreciate what they did offensively. I liked it. I thought they were super aggressive, which to me is good. And sometimes you're just not going to hit those. So that to me is, is not as big of a problem. The interception, bad, bad, bad throw. I do not like the play itself. I do not like the far hash out oh. route. It's like a 30 yard throw. And even him with it's a, almost a good that back across he your, has. It's almost that back across your body kind of throw. They always tell you not to make. And then yeah, I just you, don't like it. It doesn't absolve the fact that it was a poorly thrown oh. ball. Um, but like you said, like they intercept that. I think it was two or three plays. They score a touchdown. We miss a three. field goal towards the end of the half. Three or four, five plays later, after the 37-yard run, you know, puts him in position to score a touchdown. And it's 14 nothing when, you know, you just look at it and you're like, man, there's a lot that was left out on the field. And, you know, it's it's frustrating because high expectations are what we want. I'm never going to tell any fan, like, that's not how you should react. I think there's context to everything, but you react to games however you seem seem fit. I don't, that that's fine, whatever. 
and we talk about high expectations. I put on Twitter, like, yeah. if you want to go from top 10 team to top 10 program, win the game, no excuses. And they didn't win the game, so no excuses. But we can dig into deeper as to as to why they didn't, what, what I feel was encouraging as far as where they can now go from here and, you know, what you kind of, what we kind of see moving forward with, you know, what should be a tune-up game, then a Miami, then an Indiana before they get into conference play. So, I mean, when you look at, you know, the offense obviously is going to get the attention because of the quarterback competition, because Ben, you know, had some rough moments. I mean, what did you see offensively that, you know, that you thought was good, that you thought needs major work? Like, just kind of t- offensively, what is what is your takeaway from this game? I think our offensive line is very good. Um, I, I thought they did a, a good job of, of giving the quarterback time. I thought the running game uh, it looked incredible. Um, you just seemingly plug and play five different guys in there uh, and have have success. I really liked uh, what Corey Kiner was able to do. Um, I think he had like 12 carries. Yeah, on, on uh, true running back runs, they ran it 26 times for 130. I mean, it's five yards a carry. It yeah, looked good. It was, it was very, I thought it was varied. I thought it was, you know, a, a, a lot of the same. I mean, we know the situation with, Denbrock and Gina, they're not, he's not going to just like totally throw out the entire playbook. Yeah. So it was a lot of the same, but it, it, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't predictable. Um, uh, you know, I think Arkansas comes out and basically plays all four down, which they don't do. I, I, they usually run like a three, three, five, right? Three, three, five, and, and even three, two, six. Um, so I don't, they basically never play four down. They played almost exclusively four down. Um, and then you've got a, you call him a rookie, whatever. First, first start at center. Gavin Gerhart thought he played pretty well. Some um, low snaps, but other than yeah, that, I mean, I, mean I, thought, I thought the offensive line protected fairly well as a whole. Three sacks. Um, James James Tunstall got beat pretty bad on on the sack fumble. Um, but all in all, first game again. First game. Even, yes, Arkansas <laughs> is replacing their defensive line, but they're not. You know, they're not replacing them with. Freshmen, they they replaced a lot of them with with transfers, uh, so you know it was going to be a, a a stiff test. I thought Huber played well at at right tackle. Um, I think just a lot a lot to be excited about with the run game, with the offensive line as a whole, kind of you know moving forward. There, there was a play that the at the very beginning of the game, I think it was on the first drive. Uh, it was a third down play, uh, quarterback run. Where Bryant gets and is oh yeah stoned they, they pushed him. three three and a half yards and the offensive line literally I think the last probably two and a half yards he gained his feet weren't even on the ground because the offensive line came up behind him and lifted him and I'm like this is against uh, say what you want about Arkansas wherever they land in the SEC hierarchy of good teams but you just manhandled an entire SEC defensive line and pushed them all the way back over you know, three, three and a half yards. Yeah, I mean, they 
first drive of the game, they're three for three on third downs, you know, before the interception. So, you know, I thought, I don't know, it's it's tough. You know, you can't gloss over the, you know, the overthrows. I mean, that's just. Can't. That's, that's just, timing. I think that's it, more it's timing. Ti- it's timing. It's 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 a lot of things. I mean, familiarity with you know, with your receivers, like they haven't had. And I, I'm I think not going to compare the two, but like, I mean, I don't think it's that long ago that we had the same conversation with Dez on his deep ball, going from his junior year to his senior year. Like everyone was like, "Where is the biggest place he needs to improve? Accuracy down the field." Uh, you know, especially in the COVID year, the first half of the season, it didn't it didn't really start clicking for him until they went to SMU. So, you know, for the first game out, yeah, I'm you know, if you're gonna be aggressive and and I'll you know, and I'll even pull this, I'll look at you know, so people can get context of this. Yards per play, they were six point nine five yards per play, which is ninety-fifth percentile, which is very, very good. Explosive play rate, 11%, 99th percentile. Obviously, very, very good. So success rate, 39%, 23rd percentile, bad. So they were really good at explosive plays, really good at yards per play. They just didn't hit on the on the plays that they, that they you know. The, the big splash plays. They hit on, they had at least, at one point I saw seven completions for over 15 yards. So that's what we want to see. We we talk about yeah. that all the time. Is like we talked about Chad and I would talk about this every single week last year. Who is going to score enough points to beat them? Because who is going to be able to drive the ball down the field? It's, it's the same thing for UC's offense. You cannot win games against good teams on 10, 12 play drives. You have to have explosive plays. Mm-hmm. They had some, they had quite a few actually, and they still left a ton out there. I want to um, see that continue because if you hit one of the one of those one of those deep game, balls, if you hit two of them, you probably win. So, like, yes, we are. It's a very very fine line, and you have to clean up. You have to clean up the things of missing gimme field goals again, for sure. And, I mean, and is that is that a result of a, a kid that comes in from a smaller school and is now out on a field and there's you know eighty thousand? I think there was eighty thousand fans there, like. In a hostile you know, thing, first game jitters. Like, I hate going back to that. And like, it sounds like an excuse. And I'm not trying to make it an excuse because I, I think Arkansas is a good football team. I think UC is going to be a pretty good football team this year. Um, but when you have these for, and because Arkansas had first game jitters too, but that's it's a little different when you're at home in front of your fans and you're not getting. You know, like the same level of like oh yeah nerves you know what I mean like it's just not it's not the same yeah I mean you have a a quarterback that's coming back you have a veteran offensive line in their case they have a he's a sophomore kicker who had a really really good freshman year so like the, those kind of components um are not as susceptible to that I mean UC just has a lot of new parts trying to mesh and when you play a team like Arkansas or any top 25 team on the road, those little, little misses get exposed a lot more than if you were playing somebody at home, you know, an FCS or, or whatever, like those, to the naked eye, those things don't, 
come up because you're just able to out athlete them. Yes. Um, you know, what did you see from kind of going defensively? I know we touched on it a little bit. Ivan Pace jumped out. Anybody else? Can I go with the easy one and just say <laughs> Ivan Pace? Um, I mean, how incredible is he? That was a great showing. Um, and I'm still surprised because I've gone back and watched the the highlight of it a couple times. And I I don't know how KJ Jefferson holds on to the football when he gets hit on the blind side. I mean, he got he he squared him up and nailed him in the ball. He's holding the ball in one hand. Like that's usually oh, yeah. a sack fumble. Yeah. Right. And that that would have been a huge, obviously, turning point. That could have been great. Um, I don't know how he held on to it. He's got huge hands, I guess, and a lot of strength. Um, I thought Jaquan Shepard um, played played very well. I thought you might be able to make like a a drunk man's argument that that was a safety because he tried to spin <laughs> he tried to spin out of the out of his grasp and was still running, went backwards. But uh, I won't uh, make that yeah. argument now that I'm sober in the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it is what it is. But I, I was impressed there. Obviously. He somehow shook his own helmet off his head there and then sit out. There's another thing. I think Aaron asked uh, Luke about that yesterday. Like, yeah, that was, there was really... there's quite a bit of, of that, you know, helmets falling off, which was which was odd. But yeah, I mean, pace, 12, tack, 12 total tackles, a sack, three, three and, and a half, half tackles, three and a half tackles for loss. You know, Shepard had nine total tackles, a sack, had the two breakups that, you know, the official stat sheets are are crediting them for um, there were just like on offense. There were, there were moments too defensively where you felt like they were just a beat off a missed tackle would allow a third down conversion. Mm-hmm. You know, when they tried to run that throwback pass to their backup quarterback, like we read it really well and just Huber. And I think somebody else just, just couldn't quite get there. And then he runs for, you know, like 14 yards or whatever. And, and gets a first down, and they end up scoring. But you know, there was another the- there was another play in the backfield, and I, I went back and I tried to find it, and I I couldn't find it again this morning. But it was a uh, it was like a, a fake handoff, and we bit hard, ran yeah. right by KJ, and then he just like it opened up the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there were there were a couple of those things. You have to go. You do have to think about the fact that like we were last year. When you're watching, you know, a half the field isn't available to a pass. Like we we've talked about that before, and that that was going to be something that you know fans are going to have to realize this year that like we don't have Sauce and Kobe on on the outside. Um, sorry, Peter Wing, haywire for a second. Oh. Um, so we don't have we don't have that on, on the outside to shut those things down. There was a stat that um, the Bearcats gave up. Uh, like zero passing touchdowns, I think last year on blitzes. Those three, and or then three, they had two. And they had given up two yesterday. Okay, and so the and was. Jefferson was like eight for nine at that point in the game with two touchdowns against yeah. the blitz. I mean, that's the thing is, it's just a new world. Like the touchdown to Trey Knox, uh, where he ran down the sideline, he's in line as the tight end, just kind of leaks out, and there's just nobody over there. Yeah, and the, I mean, the, rece- the receiver gets like a, a kind of like a shield block on Jaquan, and he just he goes untouched. So, to me, that has to be a, there's a there's a blown coverage somewhere. Like you can't have a 
tight end in line and then nobody, no linebacker, no end, no safety is out there with him. And, and it's, it's growing just, pains. It's that right. back to growing pains of it's just new the dudes. Things, no, we're not used to that when you have right. a Brian Cook and Kobe and Saul. I mean, these guys that have played. Speaking of Brian Cook, that was something that uh, Chad brought up last night um, on on the uh, the nightcap that he did where uh, Threats missed a tackle on the, I think it was in the, the last drive of, yeah, uh, on like third, after we on third turned nine. Over, yeah. yeah. He, he, Misses the tag. I mean, he doesn't make it there. Whereas Brian Cook probably coming down. If you, I think he said like if if there's somebody we could grab from last year and swap him back in, you know, right there, he's he probably makes that tackle nine times out of ten. Yeah, and um, we get the ball back. Like they got the ball back with five forty nine left, up seven, and we never touched it again. They converted two third downs. One of them was that third and nine where he got fourteen, and then the last one was a third and short where he just ran yeah. up the middle and got it. But like, I mean, those are the differences in this defense game one versus what we have become accustomed to seeing the last two. Like, you just got new guys, new roles against good teams, against good players. They're just we're just not quite there yet. But at the same time, there's like I take a lot away from doing that, especially the way they played in the first half, which was not good. The a lot of the stuff can be corrected. A lot of this and the plays were there. It wasn't like it wasn't like Alabama, where like right. you just watched it and was like, no, I don't. I'm not comparing Arkansas and Alabama at all. Right. Um, but you just watched it and you were kind of like, man, it's going to be hard to kind of just do anything like. The stuff was there. You just have to convert. And, you know, it just, it's rough because we have big, big expectations and they're right and they're there for a reason. And I don't think anybody should lower them. No, um, not at all. I had a, I had a friend who is a, a very, very big Ohio State fan. And I'm sorry. I know. Um, uh, and he sent me a message yesterday and said, welcome to fandom of a team you expect to be successful on a regular basis. It's bad for the heart. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I mean, I don't think you should expect to win every game, but you know, when you've won a whole heck of a lot of them for the last three years, that, that kind of, you know, mindset isn't a bad thing. Um, hmm. But you know, and we got a couple comments from Sam and Alex. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you jumping on this morning about the running backs. And I agree. Like Corey, I'm I'm not sure what Corey's gear is, but Corey is always seems to be always moving forward. Very rarely seems even when like things were kind of plugged in the middle, still seemed to be able to squeak out two two yards. Like keep it, you know, keep it moving. You know. Had a had nice nice jump on his touchdown run and and you know I, and I, again Alex mentioned Chuck whenever Chuck is healthy he ha he has that ability man like it's amazing to see what he can do now considering all everything he's been through and to still have like that ability now yeah I mean, it's pretty I mean the the little I, the screen pass that got called back on uh, a, don't get me I mean I'm, I I hate the refs guy but like. 
If you're going to call that a hold, you could call a hold on every single play. And I he was it, trying to hold. He was, like, but he didn't. That's the thing is he, he was reaching back, trying to hold him, and he, and he, he didn't really he hold him. But it was like the effort of the implication yeah. that he was trying to hold him was enough to throw they the flag. Fl- they and flagged I, his and mental I, game. It, it felt like it was really, really late, too. I don't know if maybe that's what Luke was mad. Like, Luke was very mad after that play. I don't know if maybe he saw something else that Arkansas did that should have been called. Um, or if he was just mad specifically at that call and when it came and, and, and whatnot. But, but yeah, I mean, it's the running back room. I hope, hopefully, you know, not sure what happened to Ryan Montgomery. Hopefully it's not, not too serious. Um, well, I, I, and hopefully it's not too serious, but I think it's also like one of those things where like, maybe like if he tweaks something a little bit, they, they have the the luxury of having, like right. I said at the beginning, like they they can kind of plug and play these guys in and out. So maybe he tweaks something, and it's hopefully not serious. But they're like, hey, we got these other guys. Let's not run the risk of making a, a slight tweak, an issue that's going to keep sure. you out for yeah you know, numerous weeks. First game, you you pull a you do something to your hamstring or something, and and you know, yes, you could you could probably maybe go back in, but uh, if you do, do you end up doing something worse where you're out months or whatever. And, and you yep. do, you have a, you have a, a good, good group of running backs that offer, you know, varying things. And I think they both um, fit. They, you know, especially yesterday, I think Chuck and, and Corey got the bulk of the carries and they fit well with, you know, trying to implement the screen game more and doing, doing stuff with Corey inside and off tackle. Um, but yeah, it's, that's I think that's why I'm encouraged. encouraged is that the plays were there to be made. They just didn't make them. And maybe that continues and they just keep not making them. And that's a that's another discussion to be had. Um but you can always you know, play you can always play the like if this if this right. game is, you know, in three weeks, you know, the does it turn out differently? Well, you know, but if it's in three weeks, then Arkansas's also got three three games that they, you know what I mean? Like, sure. It's, it's, you know, it's, you could play a lot of, you know, when, when would this game, when would this game have been best, uh, you know, played and would you have liked to play him this time versus this time? I mean, you know, it's six and one half dozen in the other, but uh, you could be like Arkansas and have BYU scheduled in uh, like the middle of your season. Makes no sense. (laughs) But uh, Brad, Brad asked Dave, and we'll put this to you: we, What individual plays individual players really well on defense? Obviously, we talked about Ivan Pace. Um, you know, I thought I thought the defensive line as a whole played pretty well against the run. Interior wise, it still kind of I'm, I still have questions about the pass rush. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing we talked about coming into the year, like. Do we have someone that can at least somewhat replace Maje's presence on the outside? You know, maybe maybe Ivan gets there, like as because I feel like sometimes they were they were playing like this weird, like where they had three down line, but then they like snuck. Yeah, they hang. They hang. Thomas kind of as almost a fourth down guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, it's like, like, like a, a hang, two point, like a hang, like a hang two edge point type on the... guy. Um, 
but they've just they've got to be able to get more pressure. Um, and maybe they will against, you know, give Arkansas's line credit, veteran line, 100 something starts, played well. I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah, you, you know, can. maybe they maybe they'll be able to generate more pressure from from the down three uh, against other opponents. Maybe they'll start incorporating different pressure packages and and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I thought outside of Pace and, and Shepard, there wasn't a ton that necessarily jumped out outside of the defensive defensive line. Um, but Jean so really it, had kind of a, a uh, yeah, a, he, he missed some stuff and yeah, it just, I don't think, I don't think it would be considered his, his best game. Yeah. No, um, he, uh, but that, you know, that, that could be like, maybe he's, maybe he was trying to, to, to carry a, a lot bigger of a load than he really needed to, um, you know, coming back in as, as a guy that everybody's putting a lot of, uh, a lot of weight on. Um, luckily yeah. his, his brother stepped up and looked every bit like he deserved to be the, the Mac defensive player of the year from last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh-huh. one number that jumped out to me because of how good they were last year is red zone defense. <clears throat> Arkansas was four for four, three for four on touchdowns. And last year, I mean, if you got in the red zone, you were not, you were very rarely, if ever, scoring a touchdown. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just another, another piece of a lot of new guys and new positions that, and that need to, need to find their footing. And, and, and I think that's kind of where I settle in on the whole like, was this good to play them right out of the gate? And I, I tend, after watching and kind of digging into this, I think it was good. Granted, not the loss itself, but like, I think it's more important long-term, long run this season to get as many things answered on tape, whatever you want to say about this group with as many new parts as they have as as soon as you can get them. Like, I don't really, I don't want to wait till, I don't want to play, you know, somebody, Kennesaw, Miami, and then play Indiana and wait till week four to find find out these answers. Like, I want them now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think we got a lot of, a lot of answers yesterday. And I, I think the one thing that I saw, I saw this a lot on, on Twitter yesterday. And obviously like people on Twitter are on Twitter. The smartest, they're the, they're the smartest people in the world. Um, but yeah, you know, saying stuff like, "Oh, it, the rebuild is on. It's a rebuild," and I, I actually would go the other way and say, "Like, it was. It's more of a reload, and I, you're gonna have these. You're gonna have, well, like we've said already a hundred times, some first games, some like gelling together. Learn. You have a, a a quarterback that is, he's got experience. He played well at Eastern Michigan last year, um, and." he's replacing a guy that is in the NFL and that is the third winningest quarterback in NCAA history. Like he's replacing somebody that is very good, that had very good rapport with everybody that he was playing with at the time. He's coming in, he's had camp and yeah, he, okay. He was here left and now he's back, but these are all new guys he's playing with. 
he said hired a uh, spring and and then the the fall camp to try to get timing and all those kinds of things down and sometimes it works out really well and sometimes there's some growing pains and there's a little bit of growing pains but i thought he i thought he looked better in the second half oh the whole the whole everything everything outside of the debacle that was first and goal from the three looked yeah. looked much better in the second half um you know and like you said you know these aren't you know people you call them excuses call them whatever you want like you're more times than not you're not going to just hit the ground running when you're replacing your starting quarterback your top target wide receiver your running back that did what Jerome Ford did your center goes out in the weeks week or week whatever leading up to the game your two starting corners your starting safety both get drafted in the top you know whatever four rounds your main pressure piece on the defensive line like we are confident in the guys that are going to be filling those roles but i'm not sure we should you know they're not going to just come in and automatically replicate the production and the success that those guys had i mean they might and they may exceed it down the line but i don't know right. if it's fair to just come in week one and just be like oh yeah these got all these parts are just going to coalesce perfectly and you know we're just going to go to arkansas and everything's going to go right and we're going to hit on all cylinders and you know everything's going to be just like it was last year yeah uh, that's that's a very fair statement and I want to get to get to Kenny's question because I do I do appreciate it and I know a lot of people are asking it. Like, do you think we should incorporate Prater on goal line scenarios because of an athletic ability to mix it up, similar to what Notre Dame did last year with Buckner as backup? I do like the. I mean, personally, I like the idea of having special packages for special players. I don't have a problem with that. I'm also not a coach. I don't think coaches like that. Yeah. I don't think Luke and this staff, if they're, if they're anything, they are loyal and committed to players, sometimes to a fault. I also think though, and I know I've talked about this, you know, we talked about last year or something like this, this coaching staff, I think, because I'll, I'll say it this way. When we came into the spring and then we found out that Ben Bryant was transferring back and that there was going to be a competition. Um, I went to the, granted, I graduated a long time before he did, but I went to the same high school that Evan Prater went to. And so a lot of people are like, oh, you're, you're, you're a homer for that and whatnot. <laughs> and I said, I said that this coaching staff has, I think, earned the right to make the decisions they're going to make and, and maybe not be criticized too heavily on it because of what they've done here. Wait, what was so, the, what was the moniker? Trust trust in fickle? trust in fickle. Yeah, you've got. I, I mean, think you've got to. They went the whole spring and the whole summer, and they made a made a decision. Yeah, will so, it be the right decision? Will it be the wrong decision? I'm not here to say one way or the other, but I think it's a little, you know, a little much to after one game all of a sudden be like uber critical of that when none of us were there every day. None of us right. saw anything. you know, Chad was there every day in practice, but he's not, he's still not seeing nearly everything that goes in mm-hmm. to these decisions. And if they felt that was the right decision, then 
then that then that's what they feel. And you know, we've seen in the past, especially like Des in the COVID year. Hello, pickle. Des Des in the COVID year really struggled, and almost you know a lot of people were talking about putting Ben in. And Luke stuck with him, and that next week after the South Florida game, he went to SMU, and it just exploded from that point on. Um, you also have to think, like, how much of a, like, I don't know, like, how much does that affect, like, team confidence, too, if you go in and, and throw the axe on your quarterback that you've picked after their, like, the whole team has been there, right, through the spring, they, and then they see the, everything the too. they've seen everything. And you know, so your guy goes out, he struggles to hit some things, whatever. He has some issues here and there. What does that say to the rest of the team if your quarterback gets axed that quickly? And, week, week, week one? Right. You know what I mean? Like, if, Right. Can't show much confidence to so the we've rest gotta, of the team. So we've got to sit back. And, and, I mean, I told you before we even went live that I, I went into a, a very uh, – very long rant, but I, I like to keep these things not on on public <laughs> channels uh, when I'm when I go a little crazy. Sometimes Aaron and I had uh, a good like talk back and forth uh, yesterday. Um, we we both kind of agreed, um, and he he was like, "You're going to get this take out before I do." But then he got it out last night on um, on the whatever on the the nightcap. Uh, it seemed like it seemed like things were a little it might be the like most boring half of football that we both agreed uh, in, in the fickle era. The first half was just kind of, it just seemed, I don't know, like it seemed like a lot of this, like a lot of the play calling in the first half was a little like safe. Um, on was, a lot of, like, I, I feel just... like there's a lot of swing passes, a lot of like short kind of things. And then, cause, and maybe that's because they were missing on the long ones and they're just like, Hey, right. Our running game is working pretty well. Let's just keep that up. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I've always wondered going into the season, like, sh- should there be like some some packages to take advantage of of what Evan does best? And I say that knowing that that's not how this coaching staff operates. Yeah, Lucas said so, before that he's not a fan of like right. of, of having two quarterbacks that you know what I mean that are I don't know maybe seen equally because you've got packages and things. So I, I try to keep my thoughts and opinions based in reality. I, I don't really see the point in having an opinion that I know like the coaching staff is not going to do. To like, I just I just don't see them having like, you know, a couple series, a half or something, them putting Evan in there. So I'm not gonna like say they should put they should do it because I just my opinion is not what their knowledge is. So I don't, you know, I don't, it's not something that I really give too much credence to. I mean, we're, I want to answer some of these questions real quick. Yep. Um, Jason mentioned how KJ got the ball relatively quickly and didn't take too many, if any downfield shots. Definitely that plays a part into it, limiting the pass rush um, and their RPO system. You have to respect his run. And so when, when they're doing a lot of the RPO stuff, it's, it's hard to necessarily, you know, hard charge up, but I just, I still felt they needed to be able to get a little bit more pressure. I mean, no quarterback hits at all on 20 something dropbacks. Um, you know, obviously outside the two sacks, I think can, can be somewhere where they improve. Sam asked after yesterday, do you think 11 and one is realistic expectation? Absolutely. 
I have a very, very hard time thinking that they're going to play anyone the rest of this year in the regular season and maybe even the conference championship if it's Houston based on, again, week one. I think everybody, whether you have a great week one or a terrible week one, needs to tamper expectations because of week one and exactly what Luke said. Like, we're the only sport that gets no scrimmages, no preseason games. Like, we're just out there figuring it out. And they had to figure it out against a team that most people think is going to be pretty darn good on the road. So, especially, and we'll get into this probably when we talk about the rest of the sport yesterday. Holy shit, was the AAC bad. So, there is not much in that league this year that has me worried that this team can't go 11-1 and and can't go back to the conference championship. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked about it with the group of the group of people I was with yesterday when we were watching the game and I I was yeah it's disappointing to see a loss and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier like you want to play a game like this at the beginning of the year we got our answers to some questions uh probably more than like we would have if we played Kennesaw State like you said earlier um but like can you see the things that that went on in the rest of the league and then across the board I I still hate preseason rankings i think they're stupid um you've got it i mean is georgia like the greatest team on planet earth because they went out and smashed an oregon team that might end up like unranked i mean are they is oregon gonna turn yes, into like I, the I indiana think, of last I think year georgia like, is the great is still awesome yeah, like oh no they're very good what like, they can do with their tight with their offense and then they got three guys on defense that are easy first round picks. I mean, that they didn't even break us. I mean, and none of us probably saw much of that because it was mm-hmm. on at the same time as the UC game. But man, I don't even know if they broke a sweat in that game. Well, we had it on a on a separate TV. Like we had like three or four TVs going, and I think I looked over like once or twice, and I was like, "What's going on over here?" But obviously, I couldn't. I wasn't like paying enough attention to it to to see what was going on other than the fact that they took them out to the woodshed and, uh, and didn't let them come back to the main house. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. You know, good question. Didn't, my... didn't Georgia score on the first seven touchdowns on their first seven possessions? Was it seven uh, for seven? I, I think mean, they, they had 49 points on seven drives. They won 49 to three. So yeah. I, it was, they, I, I know a hundred percent they scored on their first six. And then I looked up a, a minute or two later, and they had forty nine. So I just assumed they touched the ball seven times. The first seven times they scored a touchdown. Uh, Yikes! Yeah, One, I mean, two. Well, it went, it went punt. So Oregon started with the ball, and it went punt. Uh, and then Georgia scored a touchdown, and then Oregon threw an interception, and Georgia scored a touchdown, and then another interception, and then Georgia scored a touchdown. Oregon then got a field, got their only points, the field goal. Uh, and then Georgia scored another touchdown right at the end of the half, and then another touchdown. And it, it actually looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, so seven going into the, the second half, they scored touchdowns on in a row. Yeah, I mean, I think we've you know, I just here here's the here's the margin for a game like that, and where and you know, I think this is this is where. Where again, I kind of come back to the encouraged part is I'm just going to read you all the things that that UC screwed up, and granted, a lot of that had to do with 
Arkansas as well. But yeah. seven-point game on the road, and all of these things, or most of these things, are procedural or, I would say, you know, can be addressed, can can be fixed type of stuff. So after the interception, they score. We go down. We have second and three from the six-yard line. Not sure why, but we threw, threw, and then after Kiner runs of four, 11, and eight, we go throw, throw, miss a short field goal. Obviously, we've talked a bunch <laughs> about the first and goal from the three, three pre-snap penalties, you know, a, a chance to tie it at 21, that whole debacle. We miss a field goal. Arkansas takes it over at, our, at their 30 with 70 seconds left. Bust the 37-yard run. Touchdown to start to end the basically to end the first half to go up 14-0. This team never gives up drives like that. 70 yards in 70 seconds it was, never it was, happens. It was actually 70 yards in 57 well, seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, it makes it even worse. This this one this one might have bothered me. Literally, I think I was more upset about this next play than anything that happened in the game. The last play of the third quarter, I have no idea why we were rushing to get that playoff. Yeah. It was, did not have to happen. We take a sack, then we have the holding penalty to start the fourth quarter on on the screen to Chuck. Like, we're again in position to I don't remember if it was to tie the game to to cut it you know whatever but again in position end of third quarter mm. moving the ball why why are we in a hurry to get a playoff there I, I don't know we talked about it with the group I was with yesterday like it was kind of because that that also then led to Ben Bryant's helmet coming off yep. which Apparently, yeah. I thought at the end, I thought like at the end of the quarter that that didn't, not that it didn't count, but that I I thought that counted as like a a timeout to where I thought would... I thought that as well. But I guess they like Luke said in his press conference that they they asked him if he wanted to if they wanted to to use a timeout to, to use a timeout uh, yeah okay. to, to bring him back and he was like yeah his actual statement from that was uh, no have you seen our other guy play. And so he, you know, he put Evan in, and Evan gets a like an eight, I think an eight yard yeah. run. Well, it was on um, second and then it went right to the, and then it goes to the McClellan, uh, yeah. you know, third and fifteen screen to the weird, like hold thing. Yeah. Was it, I think that was going to maybe was it twenty four seventeen then? It I was think? yeah, it was twenty four seventeen, and it was first and ten. They had just hit Chuck on a thirty yard pass on third and three. And it's first and 10 at the Arkansas 21. And we hurry up and get that, try to get that playoff. We get the sack. Then Evan comes in. Then on the third down play, they third and 14, they hit Chuck again for 24 yards down, whatever. I thought he scored. I did too. Um, in, whatever, inside the five, that gets called back for the holding. Then then they punt. So you have that that whole thing. Then. But wait a minute, the, were they going to, they were going to line up for a field goal there, right? Is that the um, one that they lined up for a field goal and then there was a, an illegal formation yeah, there or something? Yeah, an- there was another penalty, yeah. Yeah, it was going to be you know, a long field goal, but th- they were going to uh, 
Yeah, because you had a penalty delay of game at the Arkansas 35. So it would have been a long field goal attempt anyway. But So they punt it. They hold him again. Trey gets a 30-yard kickoff return. So, again, you're down seven, first and ten at the Arkansas 37. And then you go two plays and you give up a sack fumble. And then two plays later they hit Knox down the sideline with, with nobody out there. Like, all of those things happened that are fairly out of the ordinary for this oh. team and the way that they've done things in the past. Like, I think the, and, penalty, and the penalties, though, what, last year they were like 110th out of 130? They got better last penalty. year. I think in, in 2020 they were very near the bottom. <clears throat> last year they got a little bit better. Um, I'm not really one that cares as much about penalties, except these ones yesterday were a lot of false starts, delay of game, illegal yeah, procedure, the, stuff the like that. The delay of game penalties were very, I don't know, I, I guess, I mean, you go back to maybe, again, first game, uh, not everything is, like, flowing the way you want it to flow. It seemed like maybe the play calls were coming in a little late, or I don't Ben wasn't ready to go. I don't know. Yeah, but you can't. You can't have. Was it like three? I think they had three well, delay they had, game. They had the two on the drive that started at the three. The second one, to me at least, looked like he was yelling with a couple seconds left to get it snapped, and it just didn't get snapped. The first one might have been a a procedural thing; it didn't get in in time or whatever. But yeah, I mean, they, then you're looking at also a new a, a new center. Well, that's the thing is, you know, Ben's yelling to a new center. Is he? He's still maybe directing stuff, and he's a second slow directing stuff to the line and recognizing the front, and then he's not hearing Ben because he's not quite re- – just all of those things that I think, like we've talked about, get glossed over when you beat somebody 63-10 to 10 yeah. at home are amplified in a, in a game like this. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of – Kind of where I sit on this game, it, it's frustrating as hell because, like we've said, there was there were plays to be made, and they just they just didn't make them, and they did. They shot themselves in the foot a ton, but you know they also didn't defend the outside run great. They didn't put much pressure on the best player on the feet, you know, arguably the best player on the field, and they you know they didn't win the the kind of the miscellaneous stuff, the special team stuff, and the the turnover battle and the, you know, all that stuff didn't go their way. So that's, uh, that's what happens. And that's why you are looking at a 31, 24 loss to start the season. And then you come back this week with Kennesaw state at home, which is a triple option team. So it's probably going to be ugly. They're going to grind this thing down and, you know, try to minimize possessions. And, you know, we're going to hopefully not get like, too antsy and trying to take kill shots left and right because you feel like you got to maximize your possessions. But you know, we, we I mean, will see a lot of the stuff though, that uh, we didn't, I don't know that we've said enough about it, but our wide receiver group, we like those, those throws were there, right? Like it was there. Open. Like they were our, behind our guys, the coverage. Like we weren't, we weren't, unable to throw the deep ball because our our wide receivers were i mean and they were our wide receivers were cooking their dbs yeah i mean you're talking like two steps yeah. uh a couple of them were just like like blatantly wide open um you miss a pass it happens like i can look at it now today after 
24 hours or whatever and say like that stuff's gonna be there this year especially against like the teams we're gonna play for the rest of the season um and you know you hit like you know you hit a couple of those and and then maybe we grind the game out with you know the running back core we've gotten yeah, I mean, they got they got behind the coverage. They they got open. It wasn't a case of like we didn't make 50-50 catches where right. you know contested stuff. I mean, they they were there to be made. They just didn't make them. And I can I'll 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 go down swinging that that's the kind of offense I want to see because mm-hmm. I feel I more times than not they're Tyler Scott and Trade and Ben they're gonna connect. They just they just didn't yesterday. Against, I mean, and you have to look at it, and you got to give credit to Arkansas. Like they, they capitalized on the opportunities that they were given. Um, and like I, I don't like saying you know that Arkansas didn't win, that UC you know, right? Beat, we, beat themselves. We like, lost. They didn't. You know, they didn't win the game. We lost right. the game. No, I think it's not really that, how that's it works. an easy cop out. I think um, because Arkansas played very well. Uh, we knew what we needed to do. We, uh, I know you guys talked about it uh, at the end of last week on uh, on the BCJ podcast. Like you, you can't let KJ Jefferson, the, you know, beat you, and and we did. You know, we didn't do enough to contain that. Where we knew that they, I mean, we knew what they were going to do. We just didn't do enough to contain it. Yep. So we we move on to to week two, and you know. Big thanks to everybody that's in the chat, that's that's listening live. Please like, subscribe, do all those things that, you know, join the YouTube channel, follow everybody on Twitter, you know, all the, all the fun things that we ask you guys to do. Leave a comment in your, in your iTunes or your Spotify. But uh, big thanks for jumping on for the first episode of the Bearcat Brunch. All right, so we, we talked about an hour about the UC game. What did you see while you were watching everything else that happened on a on a somewhat wild, somewhat predictable uh, first Saturday of college football? Well, I think NC State um, found out what it's like to play ECU, um, and ECU should have won that game. I mean, they they had the opportunity to to win it. What? three times over the last like five minutes, I think that um, was, yeah. I mean, they missed an extra point missed, obviously missed the field goal at the end had two fourth and two fourth and goal stops, you know, at some point in the, in the second half, like, I don't know. Every year it seems like there's some, uh, what I, what I say, like middle of the pack, ranked ACC team that I'm just like, I'm just not buying it. Like everybody loves NC state's quarterback. I mean, I think they showed yesterday that they're not the 13th, whatever team in the country. I I saw people saying that they, like I saw several people saying that they think that they could have, that they could be a playoff team. Well, I mean, the ACC is bad. So not, (laughs) not if they play like they did yesterday, they're not going to beat, you know, certainly not going to beat clown. You know, if they play Clemson, but um, but yeah, Houston. I mean, e- ECU, Houston, you know, I mean, I guess UTSA, what they won, they only lost one game last year. UTSA I think. was good last mm-hmm. year. Uh, they're, they're clearly good again this year. I, I expected more from Houston in that game. They got down 21, seven early came back. 
obviously went to triple overtime where you just do the stupid two-point conversion thing, which I hate. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that at all. One of my buddies I was with was really not a fan of it because uh, the line, had, the line Houston. on that was like, was like, yeah, he had Houston, and then the line I think was like three and a half. Yeah, where well, he got hey, it. So, he's not the only one that had the Cougs. <laughs> so then, it, when it goes to that, like, then then the only margin of victory is two points there. So that was, uh, yeah, I mean, that wasn't good. Just for like, him. I mean, I think what was Navy lost to Delaware. Uh, Tulsa lost to Wyoming, who got absolutely boast raced by Illinois last week. I think, I think the teams the AAC beat this weekend were South Carolina State, mm-hmm. um, Temple. No, Temple well, lost. No, Temple lost. Thirty to nothing to Duke. Uh, SMU beat North Texas, so you got North Texas, South Carolina State. Uh, who who else was on their big big wins did the league have this weekend? Uh yeah, none. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was it was really, really bad. Uh after what oh Memphis got rolled by Mississippi State, BYU crushed uh, USF. Tulane won. Oh, who'd they beat? Oh, they beat UMass. UMass. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big one to hang on the ledger. <laughs> I mean, South, you, South Florida you, got smoked by BYU. UC's loss at Arkansas is practically like the best thing. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that half joking. Right. It's practically the best thing the league did all weekend. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know. So. Um, Maybe that's all just first week jitters. Oh, yeah. Just all. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like. the. Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback. Yeah, he, he is a unit. Uh, that that dude is man. If they can get him him rolling, he's kind of got some Cam Newton, Vince Young, Young and him. Does a big win at home against Utah, who I think is pretty darn good. Yeah, what are they seventh? Right, they yeah, I think they're in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. So a three point um, win there at home. Georgia's defense still still dudes. George's tight ends, dude. Stetson, Stetson Bennett, like, probably he's going to have a movie made about his, like, college career. Like, that's that's 100% going to happen. Yeah. For sure. Alabama, obviously. I mean, there, there was one play in the Alabama game where they didn't even block Will. Well, Utah State didn't even block Will Anderson, and he just, I mean, he it was hilarious how quick he was in the backfield. I was like, you might want, everyone's like, you might want to put a body on that guy. Yeah, I think I think maybe some people have heard of him. Yeah, um, the Pittsburgh back, West Virginia game oh, was pretty good. See, it's so awesome, so awesome, and it's like what is going on in, in the sport is what drives me so crazy that that stuff like that has to has to go eleven years without happening, and and you're just you're having these rivalries and stuff just totally stripped away because of realignment and money. Yeah. Cause people feel like they're not making enough money, you know, in this conference versus that conference and like, yeah, but you're also now playing teams that your fans do not care about. Yeah. They, they don't like, we, we talked about it on, uh, on uh, PTP like last year at some point, I know it gets talked about on probably every podcast that covers college football, but, um, 
and you you look at the the rivalries that just don't happen anymore and games that aren't played it's just I don't know it, it makes it makes for sometimes college football to sit there and be like I, I'm not sure I'm not really sure why I need to be invested in this other than I'm a fan of you know this team um there's not the the build up and excitement all the time behind you know going out you know we have to go out and play like Kansas or something that's right I mean we've lived it since the AAC like we haven't had one comp like I mean I guess UCF became that very recently but like those two teams did not play for 11 years and it was 70,000 people that literally wanted to just you know rip each other's throats out yeah and we haven't had that for I mean I guess UCF the last two or three years has kind of started to get to that level but I mean we've gone a decade haven't had a single game that feels like that when was the last time we played uh when was the last time like the keg of nails was played what like 13 14 something like that that year right when the last year before louisville went to the to the acc see like that was a great one you know like oh yeah i mean obviously like we still play miami but it's not like this i mean it's not the same kind of outside of like you know the fact that like here locally like yeah it's nice to keep playing them but at some point you're gonna have to cut that <laughs> you're gonna have to cut that game out yeah don't i don't even want to get started on that one they, <laughs> they, they hung they hung in with kentucky for a little bit yesterday i mean i don't know i'll have to go back and maybe read some notes to see if chuck martin said they were trying to trying or not but um did you see did you see the uh north carolina app state game yeah, 40 points in the fourth quarter. Lost. And then they lose? <laughs> like like Carolina returned that onside kick for a touchdown, and I was like, oh, Did God. Did you see that, if, though? I was, like, was oh like, oh, God, if if they if App State scores, like you could have ended the game by just not literally doing anything other than scoring. And then in 20-something seconds, App State does go down and score. Well, on that onside kick, I think, I mean, it, it looked like App State put, I don't like a, a high school team out there because their entire, like the whole line on the side, like the, the recovery, the hands team, they all got blown up. Every one of them. <laughs> they were all on their backs. There was like, I mean, I could have returned that for a touchdown. It was insane. Yeah, I, I was just like, oh my God, if he returns, if they then go down and score, and then they did somehow go down and score. I mean, how do you score forty points? Like, I mean, that's in the fourth quarter it, and still and lose. Uh, I don't know. And then we had obviously OSU in uh, Notre Dame. Um, yeah, Notre Dame's um, defense, obviously uh, Marcus Freeman uh, being there. You, you would expect Notre Dame's their defense, defense strong. Notre Dame's offense with Tyler Buckner. Not like, not not sure that the Buckeyes' defense has taken that big of a jump in game one with Jim Knowles, as I feel that like Notre Dame's offense might be not so hot because I mean, thinking what he complete two passes in the second half. I think they had like 75 yards of total offense in the second half. Ohio State's offense not scoring 50, even against Notre Dame, I think is this, is the surprise. Like everybody build, I mean, me included, like 
I was just like, dude, how are you going to stop that offense? And they, they didn't, they were not successful. I mean, they were relying on their big play was by a former walk on wide receiver made like the, the, you know, the play of the game for them. Yeah. So, I mean, and maybe that is also, I mean, but see those guys, like they've played, they played together and you're at home in that, like you, you don't expect that kind of turnaround. So maybe Notre Dame's defense just really is that good. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean, they rained them in. They didn't, they, it's not like they, you know, won the game for them or anything, but they, they kept it to a point where if their offense does anything, you know, it's probably, you know, maybe Andy can pull it out there. But. Yeah. I think Ohio State fans, I, I'm sure they're, you know, not thrilled with the way they perform, but that was kind of the style of game that they lost the last couple of years where, like, if the pass-happy offense isn't going, then we don't really have an answer. And they kind of like, okay, the pass-happy offense isn't going, and they ran it down Notre Dame's throat in the second half, especially yeah. in the fourth quarter, to get a win that they just, you know, you got to get that win. So – um, I'm trying to think what else. Someone mentioned the UCLA crowd. Yeah, that that was a, that was a funny a funny picture. Them being down 17-7 to Bowling Green was also hilarious because they're one of the worst teams in the sport. And they ended up coming back and winning pretty comfortably. But yeah, there were like entire sections of the stadium that had no people in them, like from the field all the way to the top. Uh, I saw USC return three interceptions for touchdowns against Rice, which is it's pretty impressive for, for both teams that you could throw three to get yeah. returned and that you, you know, return three for touchdowns. Um, the one that kind of jumped out to me, and Jason mentioned it with Oregon State, is is like, is Boise done as like the darling kind of, you know, what they have been the, talked the blue, about for the so blue long. Field? Yeah. Uh, they got was, smoked. 34-17. It wasn't it that like, close. Look, yeah, they scored the last, you know, they scored their 17 points kind of at the end of the game. And they, they you know, they had a, a rough year for them last year. You know, another, you know, new coach. Uh, Brad, I won't even talk about Iowa's offense. I, I, I won't do it. Like I have a friend who I went to Tennessee with and his wife. There's nothing to talk about. I know her, his, her, his wife and her family are like diehard Iowa fans. And I was like, Dusty, I really hope you're not making, he's a daughter. She's like around one. It's like, I really hope you're not making your daughter watch this game right now. Like I want her to have a good relationship with college football. I was defense not only outscored South Dakota State, they outscored Iowa's offense. If you, I mean, if you if you look at the the box score, it looks like maybe it was the first, like it's the first four innings of a baseball game. I just like if Three. you're an Iowa fan, how much do you just hate the fact that you are wasting what has been for a long time, like? consistently a really, really good defense and an exceptional special teams. And like, you always have good offensive line. You always have good tight ends. Do, do you just, do they just not try to be good at offense? Like, cause I'm just trying to understand, like we have good offensive line. We have good tight end. 
why can we not also have good wide receiver, good quarterback? And like, if they scored 28 points a game, they'd be in the big 10 championship every year. That comes down. I mean, that comes down to recruiting, right? Like, well, recruiting yeah. development, the whole nepotism thing that they have going on there with Brian Ferentz being the offensive coordinator and Kurt not willing to fire his kid. And like, just speaking like, of getting fired, how long does Scott Frost have left in Nebraska? Did they almost lose that game to South Dakota? I mean, they came back and and ended up uh, they won thirty eight seventeen, but still not great. I mean, it was close. I know I saw that. Yeah, it was it was seven to seven at halftime. Like, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I saw I, I saw a thing the other day, like after uh, Nebraska play lost to uh, Northwestern that. Scott Frost could they could win the next fifty games in a row, and he still wouldn't have as many wins as Bo Pelini had when he got fired. Oh yeah, I like this question from from Joshua. More overrated Big Ten coach, Ferentz or Franklin? I would say Kurt Ferentz has done a, an incredibly good job at Iowa, but he's just for whatever reason he has not he's hell bent on not modernizing his program. James Franklin. And- being an, an SEC guy, being a Tennessee grad, what he did at Vandy is still maybe to me the, one of the best coaching jobs in the last 50 years. So I can't say he's overrated because of that. Um, what he's done at Penn State, I'm sure they think is you know one, one New Year's Six trip, I think maybe two, no Big Ten titles, no playoff appearances. They've you know, you're going up against Ohio State every year. That's everybody has a tough time with that. But but does the, the yeah does the the other big news from college football the the 12 team playoff maybe that ends up helping uh, oh, some of that stuff 100%. out. Hundred percent. Right? I mean, that's like the whole that's the whole thing. The talk of like, I think the 12 team playoff maybe likely stabilizes conference realignment i'll say it might save i mean because let's like, be honest like if you look at if you look at the playoff and you look at the teams that are always in it they're always going to be in it and and i saw like some takes like well you know like it's going to be where like alabama and ohio state you know now they're not you know they lose a game but it's not going to matter because they're still going to be in the playoff well they're going to be in the playoff anyway yeah nothing changes and, for them and now <laughs> you you're giving you're giving more spots and availability and some coaches on some of these teams that end, you know, their top 10 teams usually, uh, you know, they can go in and maybe get some other dudes. You're not going to have, you know, five, five-star quarterbacks that want to go to Alabama right. because that's the only place they can go to and have a pretty, you know, Alabama, Ohio state, whatever, like have these guaranteed spots in the, in the playoff. You can spread that around a little bit. Hey, we can go to the playoff here too, because, there's 12 spots and we're going to have a chance to play for a national championship. Sure. I mean, I think if you look on it one side, yes, the argument of like, well now Ohio state, those teams don't have, like they can lose a game and still go. That is true, but I can still lose a game and go. Right. But I think the thing that, that I think the most people look at is, yeah, that's true. And maybe they can even lose two games and still go. But it also means that, like, there are a whole new, much larger subset of teams that go into November 
with realistic possibilities of going to the playoff. And that's the part that it, that the sport needed. The sport needed to be strong, you know, East Coast to West Coast, every league top to bottom. You just you could not continue down this path of four teams getting in. And, like, if you weren't in the top ten come November, you almost didn't have a shot. Now you could barely be in the top 25 going into November and you technically probably still have a shot based on if you went out, if other teams lose, like it just means that, you know, so many more fan bases have a reason to, to pay attention. Even after, even if they lose a the game, like that's the part that sucks so much was if you lost a game, like take UC for instance, like yep. under the current setup, we lose yesterday. No chance they're going to the playoff. Even if they were in the big 12 under the old format, mm-hmm. probably no chance. New format, you lose to Arkansas. Arkansas goes on and has a really good season. You see wins out, wins the Big 12. They're going to the playoff at 11-1. and one. Yeah. And now, like the way you look at it now, like UC's goal is, is a New, Year, New Year's Six Bowl. Um, they're going to fall out of the top 25 this week. Uh, it, that's just going to happen. That's how it works. Um, they're going to have to fight to get back into the top 25 and and climb up to hopefully yeah, I mean, it'll get be a hard. shot at It'll be hard to do it because they're going to be doing it against, you know, all these teams that we just mentioned that lost to Delaware and Duke and <laughs> Right. Yeah. So they're not gonna they're not gonna get a ton of credit for that, but you know, try to go eleven and one and and just kind of see what happens. So let's, you know, let's take a look real quick. NFL starts Thursday. Your your biggest takeaway, you know, what you the thing that caught your attention the most from the UC guys could be the new guys in the league could be an uh, a standing NFL player. You know, who who are you most looking forward to seeing when the NFL season starts? Well, I think everybody's answer is you know you want to see how how Sauce does uh, being named a starter and getting that. I mean, as are they gonna, is anybody going to throw at him? I don't know. I mean, they didn't in the preseason. Um, I, th- I mean, obviously, I think the NFL is a, a different beast. Like, I don't think anybody is like saying that that Sauce is going to go his whole NFL career and not give up a touchdown. Um, I mean, that that's a little bit absurd. Uh, I, I was surprised to see. I don't think he got uh, signed even to Seattle's practice squad. Was that uh, Joe DeBlanco got? Yeah. I don't think I saw that. I, I mean, think I, I think we all either. thought he was probably going to get uh, waved out there, but I thought maybe they would bring him back on their practice squad. I, yeah. I didn't see that. Um, so that was yeah, kind of surprising. I know Kurt Brooks got signed back to the Colts practice squad. Okay. Um, and then like, obviously it sucks. Uh, it was a Beavers got, you know, mm-hmm. he was, he was looking really good. Like he was in line to like, you know, make the team and do some, do some things there. And, he gets hurt, so like that sucks. Because I think the world's greatest player is also on that team, Michael McFadden. <laughs> did, did he make? Did he make it? I'm. I'm not, I don't follow. Oh, I, don't, the, uh, I don't follow I the Giants too closely, but I. I didn't see if he. He actually, probably did. I mean, if Beavers got hurt, they he, yeah. that probably helped him out. Um, kind of interested to see. Did the Falcons name a starter for Week One? I I think Mariota's always just been. The starter. I don't think there that was actually competition, but yeah. but I, I'm that's the thing I'm following. Des was very. He was real good in the preseason. Now, granted, good. against mainly twos and threes. So yeah, 
Um, but I I'm just on... following them from like a, if they start out, like I don't think they're very good. Uh, if they start out, oh, and whatever, like do they go to Des at some point? Is his first game starting when they come here to play the Bengals? About, you know, I think it's about like week six or seven or something like that. Um, because I think that's, at some point that's going to happen. He's going to be the starter because they need to figure out what they've got because I don't think they're going to win many games that tells them that we need to play Marcus Mariota a ton. Right. Um, I mean, I went on a, a Falcons podcast I think last week, two weeks ago, maybe. Um, and they were all very, very high on, on Desmond. Yeah, taking and he played, over and being really and, good. Being, and being their dude, um, which I encouraged heavily. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm watching that for sure. Um, I think you know Alec Pierce is, looks like a likely starter for the Colts. Uh, Jason mentioned Kobe. Yeah, probably starting or getting a lot of action in the slot. Um, I'm trying to think. Cook, Brian, Brian Cook, Cook for the Chiefs will probably – I think he's their second-team safety, so he'll get a lot of run on special teams, which we know he has no problem right. you know, running down there and, and knocking some dude's head off. So it'll be fun, though. I mean, there's – I think half the – I mean, some teams might have more than one, but I think half the league has a Bearcat now. You know, you got your, your mainstays, Kevin Huber, Jason Kelsey still – you know, still getting it done. Mm-hmm. So, this is uh, yeah, it'll Kevin be good. Huber's probably last year, right? Like, I would, think? I would think so, but I mean, I I thought that was kind of a surprise to me. I did not think he was gonna gonna win the the punting job. I wasn't as surprised. Like, his, I mean, if you look at like his average punts and like across his career, that it really hasn't like dropped off like drastically. He had and- a rough end of the last season was not great, but it sounds like he kind of like built as, as camp went on. Um, Obviously Drew Christman's going to have a stronger leg. He's like 20 years younger than him. And like the other thing that I can't, like I I thought that Huber would get the, the nod based solely off familiarity as far as holding the ball for, uh, because like if you looked at, um, I think it was the ECU game yesterday. The holder on one of the one of those is either the field goal or a point after. I think it was the point after. Didn't get the ball spun all the way around, and uh, yeah, he had to kick the laces. Laces, laces out. out. Laces come on, out. Come on, Einhorn. Derek Forrest <laughs> has uh, has reached special team ace oh, status uh, already. Has he reached? See, you know, my favorite one is has he reached special teams maven? No, just ace. He's only an ace. Okay. That's one of those cheesy ass NFL lines that, like, but all, all the beat writers and team reporters yeah, are always like special teams maven. And, and, and what I what it, what what is good about that though, you can make a lot of money as a special teams ace. Oh yeah, yeah. You stay in the league for a long time as yep. a guy that just runs down on that, kickoffs and punts. That and, and if you can long people. snap. Oh. Oh well, yeah. A lot of money long snap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mark asked, and we'll get what. What is your prediction on the Bengals' record this year, Jeff? Um, I said probably like eleven and six. That's that's kind of where I fall. I have not yet kind of just gone straight down the schedule and done the old win loss win win. Yeah, you know, I haven't see, done that see either. See what I come up with. Um, 
I think last year just because just to be a jackass since it was the first year of the 17 games, I said eight, eight, and one. So this this year I'm a, I'm a little more bullish. You know, I, I think some of the regression things are are quite funny. Um, like the one guy that was like kicker regression was a reason that they weren't going to be as good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, did he, did he watch any of the, like the, like, the preseason? Yeah, he like, might miss some kicks. It happens, but like, I don't think they're going to like be appreciably worse because Evan McPherson all of a sudden is like 75% on field goals. Right. Yeah. No, uh, no, but happen. I mean, obviously they got all the pieces like they, you know, there's a lot of question marks in the division. I mean, their playoff, uh, their playoff run was was incredible, right? Like, there's no like denying that. I mean, they yeah, won d- defense games, and like, Evan McPherson carried him in the playoffs, and they're going to play him, you know, on paper a tougher schedule. We'll see what that means when the the game actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's any reason to think that they can't go back to the playoffs and can't go make a run. Like, I'm just that big of a Joe Burrow stain, like. If that dude's on my team, I'm not gonna. I will never doubt that they're gonna win. No, I, it's obviously like incredibly difficult to go back to the Super Bowl, oh, like, for sure. like repeat and go back. But to say that just because they're not gonna, you know, somebody's like, oh, they're not going back to the Super Bowl. It's not a successful year. Like, I, I still think that they make the playoffs. I think that they win the AFC North. Um, they go back to the playoffs, and and then you kind of gotta let the the chips fall where they. Or they may in the playoffs. I mean, you, it's one and done. Like, you, yeah, I mean, you have we a bad week playoffs, and you're out. Yeah, you know, went in the playoffs last year, obviously not expecting it to be a defense that carried them, you know, to the Super Bowl. So, you know, limit injuries, offensive line be not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know if they have to be good. I mean, Just be still... not terrible. Yeah. Um, so now, I am worried a bit about the fact that like, I mean, obviously there like, there's going to be, there'd be a drop off at for anybody to come in, step in behind Joe Burrow. But I think there's like, like a cliff where I just, fall yeah, off the backup I, quarterback. I've, like, always, I, I've always been of like, if your backup quarterback needs to like play in a legit amount of games, your season's over anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I, I'm just more so worried that like, there's, there's, seemingly like no one that is you know i don't even know you can oh, fill in like a half game like lamb lamb big i i did i drop an extra and did i drop an eye in there yeah you did <laughs> oh, oh well <laughs> I'm, I'm not hip to the lingo i guess oh oh well um yeah i mean if joe burrow goes down like that was always the colts thing it was yeah. like who cares if jim who the colts backup is they need him to play more than like two games the season's over anyway so and- um, and luckily, luckily in the NFL, you could probably you can stomach maybe two losses here and there, like for sure. Yeah, like for you sure. can totally you can depends on you know, who they're against when they hit on the schedule. Because mm-hmm. it's not based off rankings, just pure record. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I think that about covers it, and we're gonna come in right at the hour and a half mark. Hour and a half mark. That. So I want to again thanks to Royal Links Golf Tours, great sponsor. We're gonna try to get Hayden on. A couple times to uh, to recap some games. I've already, you know, kind of had that conversation already. So we'll see what works for his schedule. Get him on to talk about some some inside stuff that you know we talk about, but 
probably make asses out of ourselves, you know, for not truly knowing what's what's going on. Right. But uh, big thanks to them. Big thanks for everybody coming on this first episode. A lot of Ooh. fun, a lot of good questions, good conversation. Uh, looking forward to the BBP. To, I guess tomorrow tomorrow night, Labor Day edition, hearing uh, all the details from Aaron and Brent down in Fayetteville. I, I want to know if Brent, you know, if he got a couple pops in him and maybe called the Hogs once or twice without without anybody around him knowing, um, you know. But Aaron well, obviously, did tell me when they first got there, like they, 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 the beginning of the game, he said that he uh, – he accidentally showed his fandom a little bit in the press box. And it, he was like, I'm just glad it's an open air press box. Cause it, it covered up my like displeasure with it. Something happened on the field. Oh, obviously. Did they, uh, did he was they like, drive down there together? I don't know if they drove down there together. Oh man. I, I wish they did. I would have liked to have like, no, had, Aaron, had, like, Aaron drove Brent flew. I would have liked to have had like a, a 24 hour film crew with those two in the like car a down to, down to Fayetteville. That, that would have been, a Bearcat uh, Journal vlog of uh, of Aaron and Brent riding together in a car for what, yeah. like eleven hours. That would have been fun, but yeah. So they'll have obviously they'll have some more recap tomorrow. Get their experience with from boots on the ground. We'll have you know maybe a little more on it. Doubtful on Wednesday. We're this is what we're this is the whole setup. We're trying to have that be today. So that everybody can kind of get the, the quick reaction right after, and then Chad and I will talk more about Kennesaw the, State, which I don't know <laughs> the run up to the, the run up to the next week's we, game. We might be recapping a little bit more of this game because I'm not sure. Short how show this week, Dave. Yeah, short short show Wednesday <laughs> as we preview Kennesaw State. Um, but but thanks again, everybody. Jump in the uh, rate review subscribe all those fun things we appreciate it and uh looking forward to this every sunday moving forward hopefully a bunch of wins we can talk about yeah. hopefully we're I, not I like think we'll have a lot of wins i hope we're not the, not the curse you know like <laughs> yeah. we, we come up with a new podcast to talk about the games and then they just start losing no i don't think that's going to be an issue i don't either but hey uh, you know it's been my fault on before when I go to go to games and bars. So I hope this isn't the same thing. And we'll have to also, we, at, at some point this year, we, we need to reach out to conference realignment expert, uh, Dan. It's pretty early for Dan. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty early for Dan. He likes to burn the, he likes to burn the midnight oil on the, on the uh, phones. All right. Well, you know, maybe we'll, maybe sometimes we can get it scheduled we'll in. We'll see. And, uh, we'll see. Maybe during the maybe during the bye week, we're gonna need some content then. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. First episode, Bearcat Brunch in the books. Looking forward to a big, big year for UC football. Everybody, uh, ha have a great day, and we will see you next week.